You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all in a game day for the Pelicans on the final day of the regular season. Yes, they take on the San Antonio Spurs tonight in the Smoothie King Center in a game that has a lot of implications and a lot of different scenarios that could play out, win or lose, depending on also what happens in the NBA as well. We're going to go over all of that in the first segment of the podcast, and then we're straight up just going to dive into the preview with the San Antonio Spurs on what the Pelicans need to do to get this victory. Going to be a real quick, easy, specific podcast today because we've got a lot to talk about in the rest of the week once we get playoff matchups set, which we should know soon after this game ends. So we're just going to dive right on into everything in the Wednesday edition, the final day of the regular season here on Locked On Pelicans. So after last night's games, the playoff picture did get a little bit clear for the Pelicans and where they're going to fall in the seeding of the Western Conference with the Utah Jazz absolutely smoking the Golden State Warriors to the tune of 119-79. to That is an insane, insane number. They led by as many as 45 points at one point. That they, they forced the Golden State Warriors to giving up at the start of the fourth, something they weren't looking to try and do. That's how badly they pummeled them. By the way, in that game, the Jazz score uh, had every player who played, all 13 dudes, score the ball. Donovan Mitchell, whether you think he's the rookie of the year or if it's first, second year rookie guy, whatever, Ben Simmons, scored 22. They're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. Again, 13 guys scored again. It's a blowout, so you're putting in a ton of other guys so you can get these things. But still, they're rather deep and a really annoying team to play. And if you look at them, I don't think Gobert should be defensive player of the year, though he's going to win it. I think it's that simple, to be honest. Um, I don't think he should be defensive player of the year because of the amount of games he's missed. It's more than when AD didn't make the all-pro team a couple of years ago. So there's a precedent in my mind kind of set there. I don't know if there's a precedent set in the minds of voters. But they are 36-18 and 18 with him, and they have a defensive rating of 97.8 with him on the court. That is absolutely insane. They're going to be really scary. They're going for the three-seed versus Portland now tonight as, as they take on the Trailblazers. So there's your three and four seeds for the most part. Though Portland can actually drop lower than four if San Antonio wins. We're not going to get into all these just absolutely wild things. You can actually have OKC also jump up to four where Portland falls to then the fifth seed. It's kind of silly how some of this all goes. It's going to really take Portland winning for OKC to be the fifth seed, um, to be the four seed. And then Utah falls to, say, the fifth seed, but they're going to be no lower than that. So because of that win, though, with the Jazz killing the Warriors, a team no one wants to play, it opens the door now for the Pels to finish 5, 6, 7, or 8. Not the four seed anymore. 
And if you look at those colorful charts that have been making their rounds, their way around Twitter to, uh, yesterday, the NBA put out. And then this is so complicated of what's going on in the Western Conference. There's so many different scenarios. They actually had an error in the first one that was circulated around, and they had to put up a new one that was corrected because it was wrong before. That's how wild this is that the NBA is getting things wrong. The most likely scenario, should the Pelicans beat San Antonio, is that they are going to finish with the fifth seed. They finish five. They're playing Utah, Portland, or OKC. Those are the real, the only options for them. It's actually just going to be Utah or Portland as I'm reading this correctly now. New Orleans wins. They will only play Utah or Portland, basically the winner of that game. Uh, sorry, the loser of that game. And you'd much rather have that be Portland than the Utah Jazz. If they fall to the sixth seed, there's only real, two real scenarios where that happens, and that's Portland beating the Utah Jazz, New Orleans beating San Antonio, Minnesota beating Denver, and then basically OKC beating Memphis, which we all assume is going to happen. Again, this is getting very complicated, and of all the different scenarios, you've got to get very specific here. But if the Pelicans are in the sixth seed, they will only be able to face the Portland Trailblazers. That's the only way for it to work out. So they would then, of course, need to lose, or they still need to beat San Antonio. Utah needs to lose. OKC needs to win. And then Memphis, or then Minnesota needs to win. So this gets even more confusing then, too. And basically, again, this is just all an absolute mess and a disaster and it could happen if Denver wins too but basically you're going to then see um, a whole bunch of different things happen and again these scenarios are so wild so if New Orleans does finish with the sixth seed they will only play Portland in the first round then of course there's still chances they fall to seven if they lose or eight if they lose depending on how the other games go and they'll finish seven only, though, if OKC loses. So basically, they're not going to finish seventh here. OKC is playing Minnesota, not Minnesota, Memphis, who has nothing to play for, and they're outright tanking at this point. Marc Gasol is going to be out for them due to rest, so that's really not going to happen. So potentially, if they lose, they're going to fall to eight. If you win, you're in five or six, and you're avoiding the Warriors or the Rockets in the first round. Depending on how the other games shake out, you're going to play Portland or Utah, uh, basically, it's as simple as that. Uh, but for the most part, if they're in six, that'll be okay uh, because you avoid Utah. And then it just is a crapshoot, honestly, if you win and you end up drawn against the Jazz, which they don't want to do. But again, that's still better than playing the Warriors or the Rockets in the first round because maybe you'll be able to get you know a victory against the Jazz, even though, again, Gobert is a monster and tends to take Anthony Davis out of games. But the Pelicans kind of control their own destiny a little bit here. I haven't looked at the schedule of games and the times that they're going to be tipping off tomorrow. So the Pelicans might have an idea of who they'll be playing, win or lose, by the time those really start. Though those are going to be some West Coast games, so I don't think it's really going to be the case. Let me take a look here as I'm going with you guys. Live in the moment, the Pelicans tip at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. You've got Minnesota at Denver, the playing game. By the way, sixth time in NBA history that it's been a winner-go-home uh, game on the last day of the regular season, like we're going to see against Denver and Minnesota. I'm actually going to try and carve out a spot at the party perch, potentially, to watch that game because that's so cool that we have that going on. Yep, you got the Jazz at Portland much later in the night. So at this point, it's you just try and play to win and you don't worry about opponent 
or anything else like that unless all of a sudden you see Memphis is losing but that do, or Memphis is winning but that's going on the same time as the Spurs game. To sum this all up for you guys cuz I'm even confused as I keep saying this out loud and that's why these flow charts are really handy. Just win and you avoid being 7 or 8 and let the chips fall where they may at you know the rest of it and who you play because you can't really control that. You may as well win and give yourself at least a chance at an easier first round opponent. As I said, I am unreasonably excited about this playing game between the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. And I would actually like to see the Timberwolves out of the playoffs and Denver in because potentially should the Pelicans face them, I think it's a better matchup. But go tune into the Locked On NBA podcast. It's Wednesday, so you know I'm co-hosting with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. We get a deep dive into that game, give you everything you need to know about that one. We touch on Pell's Spurs, which I'm about to just do here in a moment. But really, the main event tomorrow night is win or go home, make the playoffs or not, between Denver and Minnesota. So make sure you tune in and subscribe to Locked on NBA. So final night of the regular season, the Pelicans taking on the San Antonio Spurs in a game that matters for seeding purposes. Pelicans, if they win, finish fifth or sixth in the Western Conference. And then if they lose, they are uh, going to be eight because OKC is not going to lose to Memphis. If that happens, someone won probably a ton of money and maybe the game was rigged a little bit. So Pelicans are either fighting to avoid playing the Houston Rockets in the first round of the playoffs and then maybe get the Jazz or Portland. You'd rather take your chances with any of those, particularly if you can end up with Portland. And while the Pelicans have a 2-1 advantage on the San Antonio Spurs this season, this is going to be a tough Game. Don't forget the Pelicans won big earlier in the year in New Orleans, then came back from 17 down on the road in San Antonio before falling to San Antonio on the road in the third game. This is a really, really good Spurs team still, even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard this year. LaMarcus Aldridge has been a revelation this year, if you can be a revelation when you're already an all-star. He has led them. He's bought into everything that the Spurs do. Oh, and he also tends to have big games against the New Orleans Pelicans, particularly Anthony Davis. So not what you want to see. This San Antonio team is a really good test for the Pelicans going into the playoffs, whether or not they win or lose. Um, by the way, Aldridge is averaging 23.3 points per game um, and hitting almost 30% of his He's not great there, but he's having a very good year. He's grabbing 8.5 rebounds um, and has been tremendous all year long. That's just some of his numbers there. This Spurs team, though, is still the Spurs, and they're still a Popovich coach team. They're great on the boards. They're great defensively. They don't really turn the ball over at all on offense, and they kind of force you into making mistakes on defense. So you basically need to kind of play almost a perfect game because you make one or two mistakes, you're going to lose almost because of that alone. But this Spurs team doesn't want to play fast. They never really do. They play with the second slowest pace in the league. The Pelicans are going to need to get those early shots as we've talked about. Get out and run, have your mismatches, your man advantages in transition, and score that way. That's how you're going to do it. The Spurs currently have the third best defense in the league. And that's aided by being a very sound team on the defensive glass. If you miss, they're going to get it and then they're going to slow the game down and that's not what you want whatsoever. They also don't foul, so don't think you're going to get to the free throw line a whole lot. Teams actually get there the second fewest times per game against anyone else. So the Pelicans need that early offense because they will be a slog in the half court. 
Offensively, the Spurs are going to try and beat you with their guards. They don't take a lot of threes. They don't make a lot of threes. And they're going to try and get inside. They're going to lead with LaMarcus Aldridge. And then after you've had to rotate over to double or triple team him, whatever you want to do, you've got Deontay Murray running around, Manu Ginobili running around, Tony Parker still running around, Patty Mills, Danny Green. There's a number of guys here that are going to beat you on the perimeter and backdoor cuts. You've just got to play smart against this team. And the Pelicans have been doing a good job of that recently. Don't forget that they've really cut down on their turnovers during this four-game winning streak, winning on those three in a row on the road. They've been better on the defensive glass slightly, so you're not necessarily going to give the Spurs second-chance points like that. And if the Pelicans just don't give up a lot of threes, I think they're going to be okay. Funnel guys into Anthony Davis, but keep an eye on LaMarcus Aldridge. If you can get AD guarding someone else, if you can get quality minutes from Emeka Okafor or Nikola Mirotic defensively, maybe even Chuck Diallo guarding Aldridge, you have Davis rim protecting. These guys aren't going to be able to score at the rim like that. The Spurs, again, don't shoot a lot of threes. They take... Uh, the fourth fewest in the league. They want to score in mid-range and at the rim, and Davis can make life difficult there for them. It's going to come down to AD. Does he have a big game defensively? Does he try and make a late run maybe in this final game for defensive player of the year? He's got a really good argument for it, though he's not going to end up winning. If he can have a big game offensively, make things a little bit easier for the Pels and everyone else, you have a chance to avoid that 7 or 8 spot, really 8, and avoid playing Houston or the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. That's going to be considered a very big win for the Pels, and we're going to find out if they can do it. Meaningful basketball on the final night of the regular season. You can't ask for much more than that. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Like I said, short and quick podcast today. Want to really kind of get set for the rest of the week. We're going to break down wing positions, guard positions, front court positions when we know who the Pelicans are going to be playing. We're going to have a crossover podcast as well uh, with the host of whatever team the Pelicans end up playing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to get you guys set, primed, everything you need to know about the upcoming playoff matchup because, yes, Locked on Pelicans listeners, the Pelicans are in. I've actually already got my playoff tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure you are the smartest person when it comes to the Pelicans and the playoffs. So make sure you stay tuned all week long. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. We'll be back with you guys to recap the game and preview the playoffs. 